We're in Luke 7, 36 through 50 tonight. And uh, we're talking about forgiveness. And we find uh, Jesus talking about forgiveness. In Luke seven thirty six. it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now the Pharisee who invited him, when he saw this, he spoke to himself. In other words, he's thinking this. And he says, if this man, if he were a real prophet, would know what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And so he said, teacher, say it. He said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him more? And Simon said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. He said, you have judged rightly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. Well, if I can get the page turned. You gave me no water for my feet uh, to wash. But she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, kiss but this woman has not ceased uh, to kiss my feet since I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this that even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. We talk about forgiveness, and uh, Mark Twain, one of my favorite writers, says everybody th thinks forgiveness is a good idea until they have to practice it. And that's the way a lot of us are. Uh, we don't want to let go of the things that have hurt us. We don't want to let go of wrongs we have suffered. We want to demand justice. We want uh, retribution or revenge. And, and forgiveness means letting go of those feelings, letting go of those. It's not an act of cowardice. It's not an act of weakness. It takes great spiritual strength to truly forgive somebody when they have mistreated you or used you or abused you. And to emphasize that point, Jesus is telling them about uh, the two debtors uh, who were forgiven by their creditor and who loved the most. And basically his point is that people forgiven by Jesus should practice forgiveness. People who have been forgiven by Jesus, like me, like you, should practice forgiveness towards other folks. And so realize, first of all, forgiveness is free. You see, it's free. Uh, he starts off with one of the Pharisees. We know his name Simon because later on it tells us that his name is Simon. This Pharisee has Jesus. There are other Pharisees present. I don't know why because the Pharisees were such so hostile to Jesus. Why that they invited him to this supper. 
maybe it was to trap him, to trick him. Maybe Simon, this Pharisee, wants to genuinely question him and see who he is and what he believes. Maybe he doesn't want a secondhand account that this man is evil or this man isn't really for God. Maybe he's seen so many things that Jesus has done and he wants to get his friends together and they want to really find out, is this the one? Is this the one God has sent or not? Okay, And the background of the story is, and the presupposition, you need to understand, they've already had conflicts with Jesus, the Pharisees has. They already don't like him. The prejudices are that if you're good folk, uh, we call good boys in our day, good old boys, um, that are right with God, you don't have anything to do with sinners. Sinners are over here. Sinners deserve what they get. They're nothing uh, good for them to do but to uh, be stacked up like cordwood for hell. That's what they deserve. That's where they're going. And good people didn't associate with them. But see, forgiveness needs to be free. Um, The basics of the parable are this. One guy owes 500 denarii, all right? And one owes 50. And a denarii was a day's wages, so you got over a year's wages that you owe somebody. And the other one has 50, so he's got a couple of months' worth. One seems payable, one doesn't, but both are forgiven by their creditor. And the basics of which one loves more? And Simon answers correctly, the one who was forgiven more. And he said, you've answered rightly. But, uh, you see, <clears throat> Jesus said, forgiven. Uh, when they had nothing which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Uh, in other words, there was no way they could repay. In that day, you were thrown into uh, jail, into debtor's prison, or you were sold into slavery till everything was paid. And you might remain a slave because you wouldn't earn enough as a slave to ever repay it. And the word uh, he forgave freely, Some the King James translates it frankly. Okay, It means uh, getting what you don't deserve. Its root is in grace. Because grace means we don't get justice, we get what we don't deserve, love, forgiveness. All of us are sinners, and so we all deserve death and hell. That's what the Bible says. For the wages of sin is death. And it says all have sinned. But we don't get what we deserve when we get Jesus, we get God's grace, God's love, we get forgiveness. And we need to understand the basic idea of of this word freely, means uh, exactly that. It's given cheerfully. It means to receive a gift. It's not that God is begrudging and doesn't want to forgive us. He freely gives us His love. He freely gives us His grace. He freely forgives us. So forgiveness is free, but it means God does it in a cheerful way. Oh, another son has come home. Oh, another daughter has made it back. Oh, yes, I forgive you. I love you is sort of the idea in our day. And the creditor makes the gift to the two men freely, joyfully, cheerfully. You can't repay me. Well, I tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to forgive your debt. You that have 500, you that have 50, your debt is canceled. Okay? And it means to less die. Like Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. It is paid for. It is canceled out. There's no more debt. There never will be that debt. It can't be collected again. It's done once for all. And if Jesus forgave us once for all, then we're forgiven forever. We can't add to our salvation. We can't take away from it. But it's a free gift, cheerfully given. It sort of works 
like the little boy who went to the Washington Monument, and he noticed the guard there, and he kept eyeballing him, and finally he asked him, he said, and the guard bent down, he said, I have a question. So well, what is it? He said, how much for the Washington Monument? Oh, he's not for sale. He said, I thought you'd say that, and he dug in his pocket and got it a quarter. And he said, no, that's not enough. He said, okay. And he got out nine more cents. He said, I want to tell you something. Uh, 34 cents is not enough to buy the Washington Monument. It's not for sale. But if you're an American citizen, you already own it. And that's an illustration of forgiveness. It's God wants to forgive. And if you're in Christ, you're already forgiven. Too many people live like they haven't been forgiven. Too many people live like that they don't have to forgive other folks. They make a mark of everything. And yet Jesus said in the, in the model prayer that if we don't forgive, God, that hinders our prayers and we won't be forgiven. It doesn't mean we lose our salvation. It means we probably weren't saved anyway because how can somebody who has received the grace of Christ, who's received Jesus' forgiveness for all of our sins, all of our evil, all of the awful things we've done, not forgive others when they're wronged. See, forgiveness is free, and we have to freely give it. We received it, and we're to give in the same manner. Now, I'm going to turn it around on you, and I'm going to say this. Not only is forgiveness free, forgiveness is costly. Look at verse 42, and then again in verse 48. It says, And when they had nothing with which to pay, he freely forgave them. Both. Tell me, therefore, which one will love him more? And then there's verse 48 says, And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. You see, there's a correlation here. Uh, you need to understand that, that it's got to be worth something. There, there, there's a problem. Forgiveness is free, but forgiveness is never, ever cheap. It costs the creditor a year's worth of wages and then several months' worth of wages. You see, and we need to understand that forgiveness is never cheap. It always costs us something. You see, it'll cost us too. It'll cost us giving up our rights for revenge. It'll give up our right for feeling wronged and nursing a grudge. It'll make us uh, forgive and it'll cost us what we think we deserve. What's the price? Think about what it cost Jesus. It cost him his life. It cost him dying on the cross for us. And see, that's why when you're thinking about that's too great a cost. I can't give that up. How much did Jesus give so we could have forgiveness? The price was his own life. And sometimes our price is valuing somebody else more than our own rights. Valuing somebody else more than what we deserve. Valuing somebody enough to say, I forgive you as Christ forgave me. There's the pride. You see, the pride shows up in verse 39 and then again in verse uh, 43. In verse 39, the uh, Pharisee invited him, saw this. He saw the lady, this woman of ill repute, probably a prostitute. Everybody knew her. They knew she was a sinner. She hears that Jesus is going to be there, and she sneaks in, and at the table, she's there. They didn't sit in chairs like we sit in. They sat sort of up on one on big pillows, and their feet would be this away, and everybody would lean towards the table. Probably on their left side they sat, and they would reach with their right hand, and they would eat. And she comes up to the feet of Jesus. And, you know, a woman wasn't supposed to have a hair let down except in front of her husband, and she has her hair down. 
She's a woman of ill repute. She is crying because she knows she needs forgiveness. She is crying. And her tears are hitting the dusty feet of Jesus. And she's wiping them off. Wiping the mud off. Wiping the dust. The grime. And kissing his feet. And breaking the vial of whatever that vial was of costly perfume. And and wiping it on his feet. And the aroma is there. And the reaction. The pride of the Pharisee is. If this guy was really right with God. If he was really a prophet. He would know what kind of ladies touched him. That's a woman of ill repute. I would heard he hung around those kind of people. The judgment was there. See. For forgiveness to truly be given. Pride has to die. You don't understand what they did to me. That's pride. Will you understand how much it hurt? Pride. Pride has to die. Self-pity has to die. Prejudice has to die. They're not our kind of people. They don't deserve it. Do we understand that has to die for forgiveness to blossom, to grow, to spread? That's why I say forgiveness is free. You have to forgive it. Freely, you have to give grace to somebody who doesn't deserve it. But it's also costly. Okay? It's costly because it's cost us. We have to be willing to forgive pride, prejudice, those things that keep us from forgiving. Unforgiveness doesn't hurt anybody but ourselves. Forgiveness is also final. Forgiveness is final. Again, verse 42 and verse 48. I think I read those just a second ago. But again, we'll read them once more. Which one of them forgave or will love him more? And Simon says, the one who forgave more. And then verse 48, he said to her, your sins are forgiven. It's final. See, the contrast is uh, verse 48's word for forgiveness is different than verse 42. Uh, verse 42 is making a gift. Verse 48 is to release, to let go, to cancel. Okay, So you make a, a gift, but you also have to cancel. You have to let it go. Uh, what was that song that the kids all got hooked on, the little kids from Frozen? Let it go, let it go, let it go. That's what a lot of adults need to do. To forgive, to let go, uh, to cancel the debt. You see, the Greek tense means it's a completed action forever. The creditor forgave forever. God forgives our sins and wipes us clean. We call it the slate is clean, but you see there, he washes all our sins away. Forgiveness also produces love. You see, the action shows that we give for forgiveness shows what we have experienced from Christ. Uh, if we've been forgiven much, we love much. If we've forgiven little, Jesus said you don't love as much. But do we realize we've been forgiven of everything? Every debt we had that would have sent us to hell under God's fury, under God's wrath, Jesus forgave us when we accepted him as Lord and Savior. And our actions need to show that we appreciate that, that we love him. This lady did it. You see, think about it. Jesus said she hadn't stopped to 
her tears washing my feet. She annoyed my feet. She had to stop kissing my feet. And then he corrects Simon. He said, Simon, out of common courtesy of the day, when a guest came into your house, you provided them water. They might have to wash their feet if you didn't have a slave to wash their feet. But you provided them water to wash their feet. Uh, if they were a guest of honor, really, as Jesus should have been as a mighty prophet and a teacher of God, uh, you, you greeted them with a kiss and kissed them on the cheek on each side. And then you'd anoint their head before supper so everybody would know this is the special guest. Simon didn't do any of that. He didn't love Jesus. So I said, I can't understand why he went there. And I guess Jesus went there because he had a divine appointment with a lady who needed forgiveness. It's the only thing I can figure out. He's so courageous. He goes into the lion's den with all those people who literally hate him because there's a lady that's going to find out that needs God's forgiveness, has been searching for God's forgiveness. And you see, he corrects him and says, no feet washing, no kiss, no oil. Mm. We need to understand that do our actions show we've been forgiven? Do our actions show that we practice forgiveness? Do our actions show that we freely give it? We don't lord it over somebody. Yeah, I forgave you. You were awful. But I, no. We freely give it. It's a grace gift. The debt is canceled. We don't bring it up. We don't dwell on it. Too many people want to dwell on what happened, and they just get worse and worse, and bitterness sets in, and it becomes a, a festering boil that just uh, colors all of life, and, and they, they, they just become angry, and they're sour grapes all the time, and nobody wants to be around folks like that. But see, Christ's forgiveness should produce love in our hearts for Him, but also for the lost, for fellow Christians that might have wronged us, for people who should know better but didn't practice better. Because we've been forgiven, we should forgive. It produces love that we share. John Newton was a drunken slave ship trader. He bought and sold flesh is what he did. And he found Jesus as his Savior. His life was transformed. He quit the slave ship trade and became a pastor. He wrote the hymn we sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. His actions totally changed. From a hater of men to a lover of men. From one who cursed God to one who praised God. From one who abused folks to one who... Who took abuse from folks. That's what forgiveness does. It produces love in our hearts. The last thing I wanted to say is. Forgiveness is active. Verse 49 and verse 50. Talk about it being active. Uh, and those who sat at the table began to say to them. Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. These people hastily judged Jesus and this woman, okay? But Jesus knew exactly what Simon was thinking. Uh, we need not to be hasty in judging other folks. You don't judge a book by its cover. means you look at the book and you don't get to know the book. You don't know if it's good, bad, or indifferent. We look at the appearance of people and we judge, and God looks at the heart of people. This woman was a sinner, but this woman was seeking forgiveness. This woman was showing this by humbly doing 
the most derogatory thing that could be done, and that was to get down and wipe Jesus' dirty feet with her tears and her hair, including wiping and anointing with oil. You see, don't be hasty. Judging others as unworthy of forgiveness. And then there's the healing. See, faith in Christ has produced a healing in this woman's life. And she's found God's forgiveness and the peace. And, and we need to do that too. We have to make one of two commitments right now. Either come and experience Christ's love and forgiveness or commit to practicing forgiveness. Those are the two options from this passage. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you need to. If, if you have, you need to practice forgiveness towards others. It should be a lifestyle of forgiveness. And believe me, it's going to be a spiritual war because as soon as you're saved or as soon as you're trying to serve Christ, God's going to send somebody to offend you. And it's usually going to be a fellow church member. I don't know why it works that way. People have bad days. People have troubles. Sometimes those come out. Even at church. But we're to practice forgiveness. Because believe me, every day God forgives me. Every day God forgives you when we ask. So every day we have to forgive. I had somebody come up and said, if they had ever asked me forgiveness, I'd tell them I'd forgive them. But they haven't asked and I'm not forgiving. Well, if you're thinking about that much, then that's the Holy Spirit telling you to forgive so he can work on the other person. And he's not going to quit working on you because of your thoughts and your intents until you forgive. Until I forgive. So right now, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to think, is there anybody in your life you need to forgive? I mean, truly forgive. Freely forgive. Cancel the debt. Give up your rights. Surrender what you think needs to be done to them. To Jesus. Right now. You just pray that God would help you to do that. Maybe you need forgiven. You've said some harsh things and you need to be forgiven and you need to pray God will forgive you. And if the other person knows that you said these things, you need to go ask for forgiveness. Or you need to live a lifestyle so that they will forgive you. Maybe you need to be forgiven of your sins and accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you come to Him in faith, placing your faith in Him to save you, confessing Him as your Lord and Savior, He will save you. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Some of us need to do that. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for blessing us. Just continue to protect our church. Continue to protect the workers that are, that are preventing this virus from spreading. And Lord, we just ask that uh, as we study your word, you give us hearts of forgiveness. Father, I praise you for forgiving us. My sins were so great. and You so graciously forgave. I did not deserve not one drop of forgiveness, but you gave it without hesitation. We praise you that you're a God of loving kindness and of mercy. We praise you that you never change. I praise you you're not like me. You're not vindictive or petty. You don't think you'll thoughts towards people. But Lord, you forgive. Lord, I pray for the lost that come to our church time after time. Convict them of their sins and help them to understand they need to accept your forgiveness. Lord, for those who have wronged me, I forgive. Help us all to practice that. In Christ's name, amen.